fight gets like long, but you, you want the guys to be able to speak. You know, you want them to be able to hit like the lyrics, and so and that's a really hard thing to to kind of hit the post, as they say. Yeah, I feel like I would be terrible to name that tune. Like I'm like, oh, I know this song, but I don't know what it is yet. This is "We're an American Band" by Grand Funk Railroad. Ah, uh, there we go. Which I discovered uh, last night on uh, my. I got my very first uh, G500 thing in, and uh, it was what 1846, and uh, one of the. Uh, uh, things is grand trunk railway so i was like oh yeah no, uh, so anyway so yeah we we've started this podcast in media res as they say in the uh industry i thought you were playing that in honor of roy's uh worldwide tour that he did once on oh yeah we'll get to that too i mean he played like the pontiac silver dome and some other stuff <laughs> he's a remarkable solo artist it's just him and um his uh hurdy gurdy and so there you go <laughs> So this is the Chance of Gaming podcast, and this is episode 74, I assume. And uh, I'm Adam, and with me always, for the first time in two months, is Richard and Roy. Always Richard and Roy. Yes, it has been two months. Hi, everyone. This is Rich. Hi, everybody. Uh, Hi, Dr. Dr. Nick. Hi, this is Roy. Hi, Dr. Roy. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, yes, I've, I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, Spare man. Oh, I forgot that song. Too. Oh, that would have been great, oh. too. Uh, who does that song? It's uh, Rod- Yeah, and uh, Roger... Roger something or other. Ebert. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, was, yeah, that was before the uh, cancer surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before he died. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> so, uh, where did you go, like? Uh, in the Midwest, and what, so, what caused you to travel that way? Uh, we went to visit a friend down in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. So we went there, and then we drove up through um, Missouri. So, well, I guess Missouri. We've d- established that it's it's a, uh, a well, rural, it dep- urban thing. It, dep- yeah, it depends on which part you're in. I think you go from Missouri to Missouri, and then back to Missouri again. Gotcha. All right. So uh, I, I managed to make it to six states, and if I had uh, taken a little bit more effort, I could have made Oklahoma. Um, but I went to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and then up to Kansas City, and then to uh, my wife's aunt's house up in northern uh, Iowa. Where And I sent a picture to you guys of uh, my aunt's neighbor with his stars and bars proudly waving there and, and not... Not any place in the South, but apparently what? his idea of heritage is just being a white guy. Wait, what's what state was it in? Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, 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 no. Iowa, who famously fought for the uh, South in the Civil War. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, got home. Wow. So, um, yeah, that is... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just the Iowa thing. It, it still shocks me. So, um, yeah, it's... I always get annoyed with it. Because, I mean, look, I have to deal in Mississippi here. I have to deal with the stars and bars all the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, at least, you know, it's expected here. But when I go to Wisconsin or somewhere, you don't expect to see it. It's, well, it's it time. makes a little bit more sense for folks in Mississippi to uh, um, to fly that. I mean, a little bit more, but not much. Um, so, but, yeah, it makes zero sense for some some redneck in Iowa to do that. 
Uh, Wikipedia states that Iowa contributed 48 regiments of state infantry, one regiment of black infantry, nine regiments of cal- cavalry, and four artillery batteries. All for the CSA, right? Nah, no. <laughs> That's a big no. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Grand Funk Railroad, the, how I discovered them is this fantastic b-movie called spirit of 76 if you guys ever heard of this i'll link this in the show notes mm-hmm. it's, does it i bet it involves motorcycles I'm, i may have i think it has one in it uh for okay. sure right. but it is it, it is a science fiction movie it is a in a dystopian future the death rate is overtaking the uh birth rate and they're like, oh, we we forgot how how to be cool or whatever. It's something like that. Like we forgot everything. We can't find anything. So they try to send this group of people back to 1776 in order to get they they have like things they're supposed to bring back. Like one of them like is a copy of the Constitution and or the Declaration of Independence. Because I get those confused. I can't remember which one or people are mostly passionate about and have never read outside of the two amendments. But uh, and it's, it's some other stuff. But anyway, they end up going to 1976. And so they it's a wacky hijinks and Sue And yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty good. It was one of those that I, you know, I rented on VHS as a child and uh, my dad brought it home. And my brother and I were like, oh, wow, this is, like, really cool. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, because it's, I, yeah. Oh, apparently it was in 1990. And, okay. In 2176, a magnetic storm erases all recorded history. Okay. Well, they didn't forget. <laughs> you know, because that can happen. And including <laughs> the U.S. Constitution. So three time travelers are sent back to July 4, 1776 to re- retrieve their heritage but end up in 1976 at the bicentennial while being perceived as aliens so there you go anyway this is it's pretty good um and uh yeah so uh i'm hoping you're listening to this show based on a flyer you saw in your local convention because dad gummit am i sending out the i'm sorry not your local convention your local uh gaming store i am heavily promoting the siege of vicksburg uh, the convention I'm running in October in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and uh, it's yeah, it's been interesting. All these flyers I'm mailing out, which I'm, it's not a stack. It's literally just one that you stick in your window of your store, and uh, I think I threw. I have got a bunch of extra chance of gaming postcards. So I toss those in there, whatever. But um, I, I just one thing I wanted to kind of talk about was the little bit of pushback that I get. And it's just surprising to me. Uh, it's, I have discovered there are stores that don't want anything to do with a convention they are not involved in. And I don't know, man. I just kind of thought that that runs counter to like the spirit of gaming. You know, is it just capitalism run amok? What's, what's the problem? You know, I don't understand why you wouldn't want, you know, something like that to happen. But then I remember a few years ago, I woke up one day and thought, hey, maybe we need a 
Warhammer 40,000 state championship in Mississippi because they, they have them in Alabama. They have them in Louisiana. So I spent about six weeks working on it before giving up because I found out a vast majority of stores do not want... And I, I've talked about this on that show at that time. I, a vast majority of stores don't want their customers to know other stores exist. So, <laughs> I don't... I You know, I don't get it. It's just... To me, it's just so dumb and so short-sighted. You know, it's like, I'm afraid, you know, if my guys find out there's a cool store in Ridgeland, Mississippi they'll stop shopping at my store six hours away. I'm like, come on, man. Nobody's going to just suddenly quit going to your store unless you're a complete and total dick. And, well, <laughs> and well maybe you should think about that. I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all why you would care, you know, that some convention is there. I mean, in it, in the thing I send out, I even have a letter in there. That says, like, I've still got vendor spaces. I've still got sponsorship opportunities, you know. I can slap mm -hmm. your logo all over everything. Fly, you know, whatever you want. We can come to an agreement on. But, yeah, it's just weird to me that they're like, eh, I don't, you know, we, we're not involved with that, so we, we won't promote it. I don't know. It's just super weird. I don't get it. And, uh, yeah, anyway. So, so do you... Do you send out the flyer? Like you said, you just send out just like a few, right? Oh, well, yeah, it's just one. It's okay. just one. And it costs right. me just under $5 to mail it out because, mm -hmm. you know, it's a nice size color flyer in a big envelope. So, okay. you know, I'm spending hundreds of dollars mailing out to every uh, gaming store I can find from Texas to Florida, you know, uh, and it's, I'm just, trying to get the word out you know this is the mm -hmm. first time this convention is going to be you know mm -hmm. and yeah but yeah just one it's no big deal i don't want you to put a big ass stack of flyers now i have sent stacks of postcards uh to other conventions like little wars and um bayou wars uh Nashcon, but i talked to them ahead of time i said you know hey guys can i send this to you and they're like yeah sure that's cool send it on and you know i i did but yeah i don't expect you to hand out stuff i don't expect you to have a spinning sign as how can we do that what would be a mascot uh, we'll do a a union you know guy a guy in the the american civil war union and he's standing outside your store with a spinning sign that says siege of vicksburg that's what i want that's how you have this have the sign on a rifle that he can spin around and <laughs> like uh you know the guy advertising mattresses or pizza or stuff stuff exactly that's what i want yeah because i mean nobody does sandwich boards anymore it's got to be the spinning sign guy because that, mm -hmm. that catches your attention and you got to have flair yeah. to it so anyway uh, well <laughs> gee if there were only there were a place where you could like distribute some more flyers maybe some other <laughs> gaming convention somewhere i know oh yeah you know i <clears throat> sorry i'm choking to death adam uh, won't mention that because he's not supporting it <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that that's true. Oh yeah, because I was gonna say, Roy, like, why did you stop in Kansas City? There's literally nothing there. No one should ever go to Kansas City. Oh wait, they have the big. Uh, no, it's St. Louis that has the big McDonald's arches. So that's you can see that. But anyway. we've got the old style, just a single arch. We haven't just, put up the second one. Just one arch. Just one arch. 
so, I mean, honestly, I haven't even thought... To, I will. I will. I haven't even thought to talk to Matt yet about uh, going to... Uh, when I go to Historic KC Fest, could I bring, like, postcards to uh, just... You know how it is. You know, you just mm-hmm. stick them out there and people come by and pick them up. But the only thing I'm hesitant about is, like, the other side. I, I got a deal on double-sided. So one side is, like, Siege of Vicksburg, and it gives all the info. You flip it over, and it's Chance of Gaming Podcast, and it talks about that. So I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, yeah. I, I don't know. It seems rude to me to be like, you know what? He's got a great podcast, but if you think he's great, wait till you see Richard Trapier on my show. You wouldn't believe it. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's all it's all community, and we kind of we bag on other podcasts from now and then, but it's all in all in good fun, but, in my know. opinion. We'll we'll see, we'll see. Oh, yeah. But I I would like to point out that we have a more consistent release schedule than Dan Carlin does. Mm. So that just, is yeah, just, yeah. Just think we, about we, that. A we bit. thought about doing that format where every year and a half we put out one six hour episode, but decided <laughs> against it. Can you even, yeah. can you even imagine? us doing that and and to do it at the level he does it where he just goes <gasps> and then yeah. talks for six hours you know i yeah i couldn't even imagine but, uh, so anyway uh somebody tell me about toastmasters international what is this okay so nobody's heard of toastmasters i've heard of it okay i have not so i have a friend who um was at a party recently with and he was there with another friend of his and they're both members of toastmasters and so my one friend um has always said you know you should come check this out so it is a it's a social club wherein every week people come and give a little talk about something uh and uh there's different i'm not entirely sure what the what the format of the meeting is but um basically it's to help people become better at public speaking, say like on a podcast or, um, you know, speaking in front of a, a group of people uh, at their work or something like that. And so I keep thinking about going there uh, and doing that. So I think that I'm going to start, um, you know, going to the Toastmasters meetings so that I could have less ums and uhs and pauses and stutters <laughs> in my in my speech while I'm talking to you guys. So... Okay. Anyway, that's Toastmasters, that and is, it's, it's called Toastmasters International. So when I saw it in the show notes, uh, two thoughts came to mind. Uh, number one was it's uh, some kind of secret society, but like around drinking or something. Because you know they have. Well, those, it, like, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm uh, I'm not hasn't have not been there yet, so I may you know get the secret handshake and all that kind of stuff. You have to play. We'll There's an initiation. They paddle you and stuff. I don't know. It's maybe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just assumed it was something like that. Like because those exist. There's like the the elks and the I, skull and bones. Well, I, you know, like the masons or stuff. More yeah. or less, try to be like serious and whatever. But there's if you come down the line a little bit, two or three secret societies down. There are some that are like, eh, we just like to hang out, you know, our wives drive us crazy and we just drink, you know. Yeah, that's the Elks. Yeah. So basically, it's a social club with a bar attached. Yeah, that's basically, I, yeah, so I, I thought it was that. Or and the then, Moose. And then, another one. yeah, and uh, then the other thing I thought it could be was like, you literally had to make toasts. Like, that was a thing. 
No, as not, artisan, artisan toast? No, 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 not as in a, like, you know, here's to Richard, you know, and, for, and you, you know, you tell a funny story or something. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. And to get you ready for uh, wedding crasher season, I guess. I don't know. Well, and it's it really it's just a way to get better at that oh, and gain okay. confidence well, in public speaking. I'm trying to think if I... I don't really have an issue. I get a little nervous doing uh, public speaking. My problem mm-hmm. is, is uh, anytime I have something structured to say, like, okay, you need to tell these people about this thing, teach them how to do, you know, whatever, I tend to just rush through it too fast because my brain just won't slow down. And usually my brain runs faster than my mouth. So, you know. I, I think that's pretty much everybody does that. So maybe I need to do this thing as well. So yeah, just let us know how it goes, and I'll figure out whether it would be a thing for me. But uh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, and I want to point out that my the first friend that talked to me about it um, is hearing impaired, and so I think that he does it just to kind of um, gain confidence at that, you know, to be a public speaker and help to be a better speaker too. So. It's, I think it, you know, for for whatever ails you, it might be able to help you out. It may, it may. Um, so um, this is they are in Michigan. This place is in Michigan. The this particular place, everywhere. but they have yeah, yeah places okay. everywhere. All right. Uh, but then uh, you guys actually, so, so I went through Kansas City and I went to the World War One Museum, and you guys are going to be going there uh, when you go to Historic KC Fest. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm very interested in the barbecue, for sure. Uh-huh. And uh, there, I think he said there's like a, a tiki um, restaurant or club or something. I think it's like really neat, like where it's done, it's completely tiki decorated and like, you know, all the drinks are, you know, tiki, and, you know, with umbrellas and shit. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that. And because like uh, Kansas public broadcasting does a pretty neat uh, eclectic uh, radio show slash podcast uh, it's it's about tiki music and that's like what he does the, it's an older guy that just spins kind of like you know 60s Hawaiian stuff and I thought that was pretty neat too so I think they actually record that um, at that place but I could be wrong so anyway uh, I definitely want to do that. I'm enjoying the barbecue sauce I got sent as a sampler. And what I wanted to do was bring uh, some Mississippi barbecue sauce, which is pretty sweet. But I wanted to get it from Letha's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is this fantastic barbecue place uh, that's been around for years. And uh, But I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get down there uh, to do it. So, anyway. So, what else? Oh. oh, yeah, sorry. Tell me about the Oh, weather. I just... Uh, so, it's... Um, well, let's see. What to say about it? I was, uh, I was, it's, I'm disappointed that I won't be able to actually catch it. I know Richard is going to the World War One Museum. And uh, I... you, I, Yeah, I wanted to see everything in it. How big is the place? It's really not that big, but it seems like that it would take a... I'm guessing it's maybe about a six hour. If you want to like absorb everything, I would guess it's probably about a six hour walk through to, to, you know, to read every little plaque and everything. And there's, 
it breaks down month by month the entire war, what's going on every month, and then occasionally it'll have little blurbs that are things that aren't related to the war, um, but just to kind of see how it all kind of matches up. But it goes it goes every month through the entire uh, length of the war, and so it starts with the build up, and um, there's a little film that you see first that kind of talks about why the war started, and then you uh, the the bridge that goes over into the museum proper is a glass bridge that, and it covers a field of poppies. That's um, cool. Yeah. They're they're artificial flowers, but I mean it's a poppy field that you walk over the top of, and then so it talks about how the war starts. They talk about um, how Belgium held back the Germans and and uh, you know the brave little Belgium. They sell it in the gift shop. They do not. <laughs> no. Ryan should get um, on that. But they, they you ought to have a table right there at that plaque selling that game. <laughs> they um. There's a bunch of vignettes that say, okay, these are the people that were influenced before the war and some of the quotes from them about what it would mean to go to war. And then at the end, you see uh, quotes about what, you know, people lived through. But it just, it it goes, kind of progresses um, chronologically through the different stages of the war. And at the end of the, well, it, there, the hall is kind of two-sided. And so the end of the hall is where the Americans come in. There's a film that you can see there that overlooks the, the seating overlooks a, a battlefield of uh, trenches and, and everything. And then the film plays behind that. Um, and it talks about America coming into the war. And then on kind of on the, be on the left hand, left hand side of the, of the gallery is all the stuff about the United States in the war. Um, and then in the middle, there are, they have, and I did not go into these, little listening booths. So it's, you know, it's about uh, about the size of four phone booths that you go into. And, you know, hit the button and you hear audio of um, people giving their, their memoirs and accounts of what was going on and, you know, uh, radio broadcasts. Um, actually, I'm not sure about the radio broadcasts. I, I don't know if they had the means to record that sort of thing back then. But um, these these listening booths you can go into and, and hit the button and just, you know, hear what people thought about the yeah. war. I think those were done later. Um, I remember when I saw um, that the Peter Jackson World War One restored, mm -hmm. um, they talked about the, the recordings of the participants. And I think those were done after the war. OK. Yeah, I was a little bit on a time crunch, so I didn't need to go into there. Um, but there is um, they shall never grow old that was the name of it yeah there is uh one of the the docents there said you really need to go to the basement and see the uh kind of the research area so i went down there and they, there was a exhibit it's, it's in the basement and it talks about why do we keep what we keep or what's you know what's the things that are valuable to our collection you know, and, and is it is it worth being added to the collection? And then there's a, a library in there that you can go into, and um, if you want to do some like deep research into uh, World War One, there's a there's a library. Mm. Uh, and then there's, so there's also there's a lot of uh, stone and the like the edifice around the area is um, uh, built of stone. There's an obelisk 
that you can take the elevator to the top of. Um, it's, I don't know, it's like 200 feet up. I chose not to do that. Um, that overlooks the city. But uh, there's a lot of, outside there's a bunch of murals about, well, about the war and everything. Um, so it's a pretty neat place. And yeah, I'm looking, looking the, forward to going. Yeah. One of the things you can see there, which they were sold out, uh, is a VR thing with our aforementioned George Carlin as the, I'm sorry, not George Carlin, Dan Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, I want, now I want to see the George Carlin World War One exhibit. <laughs> uh. Well, anyway, so Dan Carlin uh, was the narrator of a VR film called War Remains, which they have available at the World War One Museum. Um, but when I got there, I got there on July 1st, and they were sold out until the 12th. Um, so if you're going to Historic KC Fest, uh, get your tickets now. If they're not already sold out, they will be soon. Um, yeah, yeah. I bought mine, I guess, last week when you warned me about that. And some of the times for the the Thursday before KC Fest were already sold out. So, yeah, there's not. it's definitely something you got to plan ahead for. So it's a, well, I think it's a 15-minute window that you get. So I think it's one person every 15 minutes during when the museum is open. So that's uh, that's what I did in Kansas City. I, just oh, wanted... I went to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, too. All right, hang on, hang on one second, because I want to talk about that, because uh, I have a question for you. All right, I mm-hmm. just wanted to mention one really cool World War One movie that you may or may not have seen is A uh, Very Long Engagement. So, with Audrey, hmm, with, right. It's a French movie with Audrey Tateau, and uh, yeah, it's really good. So just wanted to yeah, oh. toss that in there. Um, mm-hmm. I was fascinated by your post on Twitter that the Negro League uh, Baseball Museum had this massive collection of signed balls that came from, uh, what's his name? From, from Getty Lee yeah. of Rush. Yeah, I could not believe that. So so he's, apparently he's had a, a, a lifelong interest in baseball, and so he has, it's probably... Oh, it's at least 100 baseballs, all signed by uh, Negro League players. So that was cool. Um, the uh, And that does the same thing where it goes kind of through chronologically through the history of, of uh, the different leagues. And they, they kind of broke up and reformed and broke up and reformed. And so there were some players that would be members of several different leagues. And um, so there, was, there were jerseys from... Um, well, of course, Satchel Page was was in there quite a bit, um, and um, you know a bunch of other players. So they had lockers set up with glass fronts with the jersey hanging in there, and a little blurb about you know whoever wore that particular jersey. They had um, the screen worn jersey that Chadwick Boseman wore for forty two, which was pretty cool to see that, um, and just uh, plenty of things to see there. And the um, they had a baseball diamond that was set up with bronze figures, so like the pitcher was ready to pitch, and that was a particular person. Um, and uh, yeah, as I'm not much of a baseball guy, but it was cool to see. But it's and that is it's America's pastime, Roy. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> to me, baseball is. I'll go see baseball if it's in a. If, 
if it, you know, if I can go and, and get a beer and, and, uh, you know, a soft pretzel and sit back and enjoy the weather and watch some guys play baseball, but I won't watch it on television or rarely will. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I understand. It's, it's, it's a whole, but anyway, uh, on to television shows we watched, uh, did Mythic Quest, have we finished the season? I, yes, I was surprised at that. Okay, I'm still in season two, so I'm I'm not at the end yet. We're back. Okay. Where Batman shows up, man, it's awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the last episode I watched was like really good, really touching, and I was like, oh wow, okay, that is that was the last episode. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and whoever who put Manifest on here, uh, I did, and I have not seen this show. My wife has been watching it and really digs it. Well, but I guess it got canceled. I don't know. What well, do we know about that? I wanted to say one thing that I read yesterday. It is by far Netflix's most popular television show ever. And I read this great article on it, and they couldn't believe it. And it got canceled at NBC. And for so for whatever reason, people on Netflix just decided to watch the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. It is. It has passed. I can't think of whatever the other one was that was the top, but it is now the number one television show um, in, in on Netflix by. So having, is this something that Netflix is going to pick up and start and produce then? The well, that's what people have suddenly started to talk about. You know, okay, that because it's certainly possible. You know, uh, the whole reason why they did uh, Arrested Development, ah, remember that show, uh, was mm-hmm. because it was the most popular show that people were watching and they were like well dang i guess we could if we made one people would like it and yeah so i just found it interesting yeah and i don't i've i've seen bits and pieces of it i'm not really invested in the in the show but uh i know that my wife likes it and apparently a bunch of other people do too the premise is that there's an airplane that um takes off it's going from someplace to to Jamaica maybe I don't know maybe LAX to Jamaica and it disappears en route well five years later the plane appears and lands in Jamaica and um, nobody knows like where these people were for the last five years and so it kind of dives into the um, yeah just them reintegrating into society being five years younger than um or everybody that they that they know being five years older uh and it's uh trying to get to the bottom of of why they you know what happened to them because they don't really know so uh thanos got one particular um just one plane he was just like that's all he had it was just one plane (laughs) yeah uh it does remind me of another show that was popular a hundred years ago called the 4400. Yep. And the I've heard of that, the premise behind it was, it was just all these people that have just disappeared without a trace over like a hundred years, suddenly reappeared, you know? So you'll have like, you know, like a little girl from like 1913, you know, to, you know, somebody from the 50s, to somebody that had only been missing for, like, three months. And uh, they come back, like, with powers and shit, though. So, anyway, that's, mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing. 
So I so that kind of thing's kind of a trope, but I can see how it would be interesting. I appreciate a long, ongoing mystery in my shows. So, but mm-hmm. and I did notice that it was executive produced by Robert Zemeckis oh. of Back to the Future fame. Hmm. Okay, so could be Lorian involved. We'll see. But yeah. So, uh, have you guys been watching Loki? I have been. Yeah. Nope. It's, you Adam? Yes, it's very, very entertaining. I, yeah, I like it. It's interesting. Um, don't want to give any spoilers away, but with one episode to go, you know, it's it's fun to watch. It's it's one of it's a little similar to some of the other shows that they put out, where it starts off kind of weird, and you're not sure what to think, and it, it builds, and they just they get a lot of uh, a lot of good character development in these in this new format. I found. You know, instead of a a two or two and a half hour movie having six, you know, 30 to 50 minute episodes or whatever, I'm I'm liking this. I'm I'm really enjoying it. So is it really Batman? Really, Batman? Well, Batman. You have to watch. That's what. it Look, we're, we're leaning toward all signs are pointing to the overall villain that's pulling the strings being Batman. So. Yeah, it was Batman all along. That's that's what I'm thinking. That's that's dogs and cats living together. Yeah. Look, what what I really think helps the show is Tom Hiddleston and um, what's his name? Uh, uh, is it Owen Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson are like two of the most charming dudes ever. So Mm -hmm. you know that really helps. That you're like, oh, I really like this guy. You know, he seems cool. You know, and just yeah. I do like Tom Hiddleston. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic in it. And... Was he in Sherlock? Ooh. Not that I remember. I don't remember. Okay. Never mind. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe? He Maybe played uh, Hank Williams Sr. Really? What? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I've always wanted to see that because I thought that Yeah, I haven't seen it either. If was... you would have bet me on that, I would have taken you up on it and I would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I always wanted to see it because I thought the casting was just ridiculous. You know, like Tom Hiddleston as Hank Williams Sr.? Uh, mm-hmm. There's no way. You know, I just want to hear his country accent, I think, uh, is yeah. the first thing. But anyway. Very, very posh country accent. So, uh, since we're a tabletop gaming podcast, have you guys been playing any tabletop games? No, just watching TV. Mm. I, I get it. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. We'll talk to you all in two weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Started rolling. Well, so I've been playing some games. So uh, I've been I played a game a friend of mine had called Dune Imperium, which I have been looking this... like uh, I've come so close to buying this game like five times. It looks really good. Yeah, so it's it has uh, imagery from the film that's coming out, uh, and it's um, well, you know, you know, it's been a while since I've played this actually. Um, so you have a particular house that you're playing. Uh, so I think that I was, gosh, I don't remember who I. Oh, I was, um, I was the uh, uh, the the emperor. The gosh, I forget what his name is. Um, but so you play a faction. And you have a, a special faction thing that you can do, and you are um, collecting spice. You're collecting water, and um, I forget. There's one other resource that you're you're collecting, um, but you, um, yeah. So you're 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 massing troops every round. There's a fight that happens, 
and depending on if you win or lose the fight, you know, different things happen. Um, you have, it's so, it's coming back to me now. The uh, It's kind of an agent, or it's a um, worker placement sort of game. Like, you're going to send an agent to uh, to talk to the Fremen. And so that will give you a, a bump in, in, in influence amongst the Fremen. Uh, you're going to send an agent to um, to go and mine spice somewhere. So uh, it's I was thought it was a pretty cool game, and I want to play some more of it. Now, see, I just so. want to yell out all the taglines from the David Lynch movie, like "Long Live the Fighters," "The Spice Must Flow," you know, all all those things. So, yeah, I can <laughs> I can be mm-hmm. trusted in playing that one. Now, is Imperium the easier version of Dune, or the, the so first? it's not like the old Avalon Hill game. If Okay, I, and I, I know they've reprinted that one because I yes. bought it thinking it might be easy for two players to play, and then I look up this thing online, and it's like, well, just because it says two players doesn't mean you should actually uh, do it. So, <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's I mean it plays fine. It's it's not not hard, I guess. Looks like one to four players. How long does it take? Oh gosh, I don't remember. I think it was probably about a 90-minute game. Okay, just curious. It says 60 to 120. Now, uh, what you had next on here was on here last time, and me and Richard could not figure out what cricket darts was. I I thought it was you were throwing darts at crickets. (laughs) No, it's... uh, I thought you were using crickets as darts. Okay. You've never played uh, cricket on a dartboard? I... And I look, okay, first of all, I'm fascinated by cricket because I think it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just weird, you know. That well, they... This is not the not the, the game that's like baseball. Okay. It's, this is American cricket. So it's, uh, and it seems like most evenings my wife and I will uh, uh, go out in the garage and play a round of darts. So it's, uh, you're, you have to aim for the numbers 20 through 15 on the dartboard. No, no other numbers uh, count. So 20 through 15 and the bullseyes. And you have to hit three of each one of those before you can start scoring points. So if I hit three 20s, every other 20 that I hit after that gives me 20 points until everybody has hit at least three 20s. And then that's they're, they're closed out. You can't score any more points on it. So you have to hit three 20s, three 19s, you know, all the way down to three 15s. And every one that you get beyond that is points for you. Um, and then you have to hit three bullseyes to end the game. So it's I rem- we played it played the hell out of cricket in uh, when I was in college, and so it's kind of our uh, I don't know I guess a, our way to feel young again. But uh, yeah, we like playing cricket some most evenings in the on the dartboard. So where do you get the rules for it? Well, so we have an electronic dartboard, and oh. that just scores it for you. Well, that's but cool. the the rules are, yeah, I'm sure that they're available somewhere. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, I yeah, we we played it in college like all the time. Okay. Yeah. Now it, that nowadays that, they that, ban they ban sharp points from colleges. Oh. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Which I would like to get like a, a real, like a bristle dartboard, but my wife likes the electronic scoring and the soft tip darts. Mm. So, 
And then uh, it's been a while since I played some D and D because I've been gone. Um, but I wanted to point out that I'm playing the the Midgard uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and from Cold Press, and their map that they have is really great because um, you can zoom into it and everything. Um, so it's it's a great uh, I don't know kind of a help. Um, to uh, be able to, to click on these maps and you can just scroll around and look around and they're very nicely drawn. So, good on you, Kobold Press. That's nice. I appreciate one I can zoom in on and be like, okay, this is where we're going, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, last night, I played a game, last night, two nights ago, I played a game called Donner Dinner Party, <laughs> which is, uh, it's a social deduction game, kind of like Werewolf, or uh, was it the Revol- or no, the coup or coup? I, I can't think of what it's called. Um, but Donner Dinner Party is a game where you have cannibals and you have pioneers. The cannibals are trying to, to eat all the, all the pioneers and the pioneers are trying to kill the cannibals before they get eaten. So it's a, it's a social deduction sort of game. Um, and you have to go out and forage for food every turn and if you don't have enough food, you have to kill somebody <laughs> and eat them. And so there's a there's a group vote that's done, like who are we going to eat, you know? And so it's well, are you are you a cannibal or are you a pioneer? And so everybody gets interrogated, and everybody votes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna eat Fred. Well, you, you know, you go after Fred, and Fred flips his car. He says, No, I was a pioneer. So that uh, that's a that's one more step towards the cannibals winning because they're about ready to outnumber all of the pioneers. So that's a Donner dinner party, and I play it with a group of six, and I think it needs more people to play. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of in- how it was when we played Hail Hydra. Is it it played more better with more people? In fact, I think it's yeah, it's supposed to be played with more. Okay, but I thought the the title was pretty funny. Um, you've played have you played what is it resistance or that's the one i was thinking of yeah okay is is it because i know hail hydra is like resistance i know people have played both is this one kind of the same yeah i mean it's they're okay. all kind of have the same sort of yeah. feel to them um it's been a long time since i've played the resistance um but then my wife found a game called word around and it's a it's a, a thinking game it's kind of um well, so the cards are round, and there's there's what three words on each card, but they're they're round, so you can't really tell where the card or where the word starts and ends. And the idea it's a twitch game wherein you're supposed to uh, determine what the word is on the card. So, like in the, I have the Amazon card or Amazon link here pulled up, and there's, um, you know, what's what's the the word in blue, there. And uh, you just got to kind of um, suss out what it is and, and say it before everybody else. So that's a word around. An award-winning fun card game for age 10 and up where you race to unravel the word. I read that as the world. I was like, wait, what is? what are we summoning here? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so then... The last game I played is King of Tokyo, which has been a while since I played this. This is a pressure luck sort of game where you play kaiju that um, 
so you it's a dice rolling game so every time you roll a claw you're attacking the other monsters um if you're outside of tokyo you're you're attacking all the monsters that are inside of tokyo and vice versa if you're in tokyo you're scoring points but you can't heal anything while you're in tokyo so the idea is that you want to get in there try to score some points and then get out before you get killed outright um, so it's you know it's it's a very small footprint sort of sort of game um, where you roll the dice you're going to get some maybe some victory points to win maybe some hearts to um, to heal up or maybe some energy cubes that you can use to buy upgrade cards so like one of the cards you can get is called the extra head which means you get to roll an extra die or um, there might be like the energy absorber that like every time somebody buys something from the market, you take one of the energy that they spent on it or something like that. So that's uh, King of Tokyo. And there's several different versions of that. There's King of New York also, which is similar. Mm, that's different. That one has um, Christopher Walken, I think. So I'm walking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I got the new. Age of Sigmar rulebook, and uh, I should probably read it. That's pretty much all I've been doing. And um, I'm, I split a box uh, with a friend, and uh, he hasn't come back into town to pick it up, so I will be fielding the orcs out of it that are the cruel, with a K, cruel boys, and uh, yeah, pretty much it. Uh, they basically made Age of Sigmar more like 40K, and I really need to read that, and probably play it some more so there you go other than that i've been i've made it all the way to mass effect 3 as i've been playing the trilogy back to back to back i think at this point i've got close to 200 hours into the trilogy i think at this point so there you go that's all i've been doing rich what have you been playing so I finally got around to playing Unconditional Surrender on BGA. It's a game I've played. I own it and I've played it on uh, on the table, but it's the first time I played it on BGA against someone else. So um, it's really well implemented. I mean, it's 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 a good game. I enjoy it quite a bit, and the BGA implementation is great. It it's um, you know shows you like how far the pieces can move they can move it enforces the rules of the game for you so uh if you're interested in playing that game bga is a great way to try it out um so i'm have, been playing that one added more scenarios they have all the scenarios in the game the only thing of, it's it's weird because there there's kind of a trick to picking the right scenario um they're in there but there's been multiple times that i have uh like started a game and then you can't pick the scenario afterwards. So you, you've got to do it a certain way and I almost have to stumble into it. So there's been times I've started a game and then just immediately quit the game. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't want to play that scenario. So um, I don't know what the trick is, but the interface is not great is, but that's not the actual game, game interface. That's just like how you started up in BGA. I don't know why okay. that is, but maybe that's the only game I've played on BGA that has multiple scenarios. So maybe that's the issue. Oh, all right. Now you say BGA, that's Board Game Arena? Board Game Arena, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then I played a game of Labyrinth, uh, The War on Terror. It's a card game by Volker Runka. Um, I'm 
trying to play this one a lot. If you um, there, there, there might be an in-depth review of it on another podcast. I'll just leave that out there. So I'm trying, I'm trying to get a bunch of plays of this game in. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's, it's, it, it's a game that I really wanted to play. I heard good things about it. And so far it's not really impressing me. So I'll let you know after I get some more plays in, but it's a card game. Um, it's a, it's got a map of, of, basically the Middle East and in Europe and some other parts of the world as well. It's kind of centered on the Middle East, but uh, other parts of the world are included. And you play cards. One side plays, um, I guess, just Islamic terrorists. It's not like anyone particular. And the other side plays the U.S. And it starts after 9-11. Uh, and the Islamists, their goal is to get a bunch of countries to be under Islamic rule. The U.S.'s goal is to get... Um, as many countries allied with good government as possible. Uh, the Islamists, they can win the game instantly by setting off a nuke inside the U.S. I don't think there's a way for the U.S. to win instantly. So, um, But it's it's a card game, so you play cards, and there's events on the cards, or you can use the points on the cards. And if you've played a coin game, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Um, if you Well, I mean, really, any card driven game uh imperial struggle twilight struggle there are similarities to those games um, but this one has a, a theme that's obviously the war on terror and it's got a couple expansions that have more events leading up to the current day as well okay uh played another game of clank uh my my daughter went off to camp today actually so yesterday i said you will play anything you want and that's what she wanted to play was clank so we sat down and played all four of us this is a kind of a family favorite this is probably the the family game that we play the most um and it's a it's a deck builder where you go into a dungeon and uh and try to avoid the dragon attack while collecting treasure it's a fun game i like it it plays pretty quickly you know hour or so tops um this was actually the first time in a while that one of us didn't even make it out of the dungeon alive the dragon uh killed one of our brave adventurers everyone else made it out i didn't score as high as i did the last time i played but it's a fun game and it's got it's got an expand or it's got several expansions with new maps and there's a a second version of the game called Clank in Space. There's an Acquisitions Incorporated version of it. Uh, there's lots of different versions. I, I think it's pretty popular, although I don't I don't know anyone else that's played it a bunch. It seems like our family just loves it. Hmm. Now, uh, what kind of camp did she go to? Was it just generic summer camp or something specific? No, she's actually going to a horse camp. She it's kind of cool. Um, it's it's through my in-laws church and they have a lot of different summer camps, but uh, the one she's going to, it's actually pretty neat. They're going to, it's not just like go ride horses for a week. They're actually going to get a horse assigned to them and, uh, and she'll like, she'll take care of the horse. She'll groom it. She'll muck its stalls and she'll ride it of course as well. So I'm expecting that uh, in about a week, she's going to come home. She's going to go either dad horses are gross and i never want to see one again or dad can i get a pony i just want to know will they teach you to shoot from horseback that's that's what i'm uh about. i think that's the the advanced camp yeah <laughs> i mean no i'm not saying a gun it was it has to be traditional it has to be a bow so okay yeah yeah horse archery is a real thing yeah she's got a bow she's got a bow if i buy her a horse she can do both mm, yeah she'll right. run around the neighborhood shooting fence posts i'm sure that'll be great <laughs> 
Oh, look, she can deliver messages that way, too. You know, just stick them yeah, on the absolutely. arrow and just shoot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she can tow our artillery for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Ticket to Ride as well. Uh, this is another family game. I can't remember who picked this one. It wasn't me. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a terrain game. I'm sure you guys know what Ticket to Ride is. Uh, um it's not an 18xx game, but it's a it's a game where you just try to get all your old trains on the board and fill routes and move across the country. And it's 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 just another. It's probably next to Clank. It's probably the game, the second most game that our family plays. Now and then, and, I, yeah, I, go I was ahead. just going to ask the difference between it and 18xx. Is it less focused? They're on... completely different games. Okay. I mean, Ticket to Ride is all about just filling routes that that's all you do um 18xx is about stock manipulation and i mean you you are trying to build routes but you're building routes in order to make money and the goal in 18xx is always there's only one goal and that's to have more money than everyone else at the end of the game so often in 18xx you will um, invest in your railroads, you invest in other people's railroads. Sometimes you'll kill your own railroad off in order to suck a bunch of money from it. I mean, the original 18xx game was 1830 and a sort of subtitle was called the robber barons. So, mm, okay. So you're like, yeah. Oh, although I do think they should add stuff in there. Like, Oh, there's a labor strike, you know, over here or this, that, and the other, and like, Oh, send in the Pinkertons, you know, or I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there is an 18 XX game that has that all the love, they all have their own sort of unique twist. There's one of them, uh, that takes place in Italy and in the middle of the game, a volcano goes off and destroys a bunch of railroads. <laughs> so oh, wow. it could happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's, I'm going to say 1849, maybe. I can't remember, but there is one where in the middle of the game, a volcano goes off. Wow. Okay. I've always marveled at how unattractive the artwork is. For the um, 18xx games? Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just hexes and, and railroads, really. That's about mm -hmm. it. I mean, mm -hmm. there's stock certificates and stuff like that, but it's just an icon to show which railroad it is. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But man, people get way into those, way into oh, those to, you know, just, yeah. like, oh, the strategy of this, that, and the other, you know, with this, and yeah. I'm doing that. And I'm just like, I just want to make some trains. Wee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what time you're getting in town, but I think we're going to play one on Thursday night before KC Fest, if you're interested, Adam. I, I may. Sure. You know, I'm yeah. always, I'm, I'm not any good, but, you know, I've always That's all right. just the social aspect of it, but yeah. And then also on Board Game Arena, I've been playing Viticulture with some friends. So that's that's my favorite worker placement game. Um, it's just a game about making wine. You know, you've got um, we're, we're not playing the Tuscany version, which I prefer. The main difference is Tuscany has three seasons and regular Viticulture just has two seasons. So there's more opportunity to do different things. Uh, but, you know, you put your workers down, you plant vines, you dig up your vines, you put them on the crush pad, you make your wines, you sell your wines, everything that is involved in winemaking. Um, I just find it a really relaxing, pleasant game to play. I love playing it on the table, especially because I can drink a glass of wine and it's, it's very easy to grok. So, you know, you can teach someone how to play it very quickly. They may not be good at it. They may not, you know, have good strategy, but it's just a really fun game. It's it's my favorite worker placement game. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So, so wait, you're making, you're drinking wine while you're making wine? Absolutely, I am. This is yeah. Very, uh, very meta, very meta. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So, uh, speaking of viticulture, uh, we have a sponsor, Mike, at Alter Dimension. <laughs> speaking yeah. of, yeah. Speaking of, yeah. And uh, he will 3D print whatever you have an STL file for. You give him enough time, money, and, uh, yeah, patience, he'll get that done. He also has his own stuff on there, our stuff he has licensed to print, and you can go over to alterdementia.com. You can see it linked in the show notes. Be sure and use the discount code COG2019, which is three years old now, and, uh, yeah, save 20% off your order. So there you go. So on to what's on our radar, which is like where we just sort of talk about things that we have discovered, maybe new, mostly new, maybe not, though. Wait, did you kill the sound? No, oh, there we go. I just okay. I spoke look, too early. Look, when I'm actually editing this show, it usually ends up being like really loud, and I have to do a lot of work <laughs> to bring it down. So I'm trying to just edge into it this time. So anyway, I don't know. And then there was the time I also forgot to turn it off and had to edit out a whole thing on it. I was like, couldn't believe it recorded. Whatever. Anyway, the first thing we had is the Drowned War sci-fi rpg which is up on kickstarter i always kind of dig these kind of things and i was reminded recently uh somebody did an rpg i think it was a kickstarter so it may not have shipped yet it was essentially battlestar galactica it was called like colony fleet or, or something like that where you're actually fleeing from you know a, a a threat and you know you have to try and get away and so anyway, it just reminded me of that. But I like post-apocalyptic kind of underwater type stuff. And uh, yeah, this uses the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition role-playing system, or Suede for short. And this setting adds additional rules, edges, hindrances, and new options for science fiction and horror. So it's just a post-apocalyptic setting, and it's underwater. It is inspired by speculative fiction and horror writers such as Robert Chambers, H.P. Lovecraft, J.D. Ballard, Ray Bradbury, and Philip K. Dick. So, it's yeah. Uh, the art has kind of a kind of a Nemo vibe. I like it. Right. They won't. You know, I've never played anything Savage Worlds. It's a very popular system. Highly recommended it, but I've never played it. I know people that it's like their ride or die. That that's yeah. like all they they want and they they will only play another system or setting if it has a savage worlds version of it or they yeah. or they can convert it over um i don't know what you know makes it so nice but i don't know it's uh i think it it's uh can accommodate large groups and i think that you can like have a horde sort of um sort of enemy so like i think, I think it's yeah a lot sorry. of characters are, are one hit you know they're uh they're minions so they only have one hit point mm, i didn't know that i think it also has cooperative world bu building at the beginning of the game which i think people like mm -hmm. other systems do that too to some degree but i think that's savage worlds is big on it now uh to fund the drowned world the drowned war they wanted five grand as of this podcast, with 24 days left to go, they're up to 2,500. So they're halfway there. And, uh, yeah, let's see if they have anything crazy. Um, all right, there's Diver Lord. It's $500 or more. Um, do you get anything neat you 
Uh, well, it's autographed. The print copy is autographed. It says you can create an example NPC that functions as one of the diver lords. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not that great to me. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Nothing really crazy on that. Well, what is the average mm-hmm. cost here? If I wanted a physical... Okay, you could get $25 digital version or $40 uh, print on demand. Print on demand, yeah. yeah. Which some people don't like the quality, but, you know, I think I honestly think of that more for small-scale stuff like this. You know, that's pretty normal. You know, no big deal. So, anyway, moving on. The next thing we had, I stuck here for Roy, and this is Pony Finder's Sea of Seas of Everglow RPG supplement, misspelled, uh, is on Kickstarter. So, uh, Pony Finder is still kind of a big deal. It's more or less a My Little Pony hack of Pathfinder, and uh, before mm-hmm. we got the official My Little Pony thing, and yeah, so. So it was funded in 12 hours. You got 31 days left to go. They wanted three grand. They're over five now. And uh, yeah, so this gives you sea ponies and griffins kind of stuff. You can do what? Just 20, uh, 15 bucks gets you. Um, uh, yeah, that gets you a PDF. And or you can do 20. Or that, or I'm trying to see where the physical. Oh, sixty bucks, damn, is what you need for. At least it's a hardcover. You get a hardcover of the Seas of Everglow and a PDF of it. So there you go. Anything crazy in here? Let's see. Lore Master. Oh, you get the entire Pony Finder Core Library. Oh, you have to pay twenty five cents each, and uh, it's digital. And the there's digital. the uh, like three hundred dollar pledge. Oh shit! I hadn't made it that far down. Uh, they're they're all they're all taken up. So you get your character bio in the. Too book. late, Adam. Damn it! Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. You've got. I could have my own character bio. It would be drawn, and right on the front cover of the book. And uh, yeah. Plus you. Then there's the, the lost race pledge where you can propose an aquatic race and they'll integrate it hmm. into the lore. All right. What's the dumbest lost race we could think of? In the, in the lore, what would be the dumbest thing we could think of? That's that's water based. Yes, that's yeah, the water water based. Let's see. Um, hmm. Damn it! What could it be? Well, there you know there was uh, what Alien Nation where the um, the aliens if they were if they were uh, t- thrown into salt water they'd like fizz like a Alka Seltzer tablet. Uh, yep, that's true. Well, and aliens from signs get killed by water too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It has to be something dumb, like a sea cricket or something, and they're like sentient and really smart. It has to be like the dumbest thing you can. Water call. bears. Water. Okay, water bears. Oh, there they're, you go. They're, yeah. t- they're tiny and uh, yeah. No, instead, not talking about uh, the what you call it, though. Actual tiny bears. Yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about the microscopic things, yeah. Yeah, actually, though. See, if I had uh, Tom Vassell's money, yes, I would not use <laughs> my powers for good. This is the kind of thing I would be doing. I would take all that money from... Um, so, folks, by not subscribing to Adam's Patreon, <laughs> you are saving the world. Yes. <laughs> well, see, I would help out. I would be backing these Kickstarters, but I would back every single one at, like, the $500 level, and it would be, like, just the dump 
where anything where I could come up with my own thing, it would be just so dumb. And I'll be like, no, 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 you said it's it's on the cover. So <laughs> that's what we got to do. So you're going to have a, what, a fedora and a goatee. <laughs> this is um, the anti-Tom Vassal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I, I know you guys like us for industry gossip. I did see on Twitter where um, there was another Dice Tower um, uh, review. Oh, the awards? Yeah, or no, a review that didn't go over well, like, you know, the Brave Little Belgium one, where um, it was... Oh, was it the uh, um, uh, one-upmanship? Well, we, we talked about that last time, oh, where the guy so said he felt like okay. he got raped. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we did talk about it, but that was a separate thing. The, oh, that's that another was, one? That, yeah, that was a different <laughs> review where the guy said it was like being raped. Did but, you watch that review? Uh, I did. and um, Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's that it all seemed pretty valid. What he was having to say. It's really just a ripoff of, of Monopoly. I'm going to take all the worst parts of Monopoly and and roll that into a game. We could do that. I mean, damn, I would have had a Kickstarter by now. I would have. It would have been <laughs> not not Monopoly or Bobopoly or something. Something dumb. Well, you could just rip up this guy's and because that's what he did. So. Mm. Sure. Hell yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, the next thing we had, Warcaster, the Thousand Worlds Kickstarter is launching next week. Mm, I just, yeah, uh, to me, it's not a good sign when a big or formerly big company like Preparature Press has to go to Kickstarter to constantly fund its um, next uh, chapters of its new game. Uh, look, I actually ran into some guys a couple of weeks ago that were playing um, War Machine in my local shop and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, well, what do you guys think about the game possibly dying? And they're like, yeah, we've kind of heard that. And it's, it's been going, you know, for years now and blah, blah, blah. You know, the biggest complaint has always been for stores carrying it is the number of SKUs and man, is there a massive amount. So, however, this is Warcaster. This is the future, esque sci-fi game that's supposed to take place in the future world of uh, War Machine. Oh, so call it War Machine 40K. Basically, yes. It's it's Warcaster 40K, I guess. Uh, And like what I told them, I was like, man, you know, if you guys play that, I might be interested because the figures look really, really cool. So, Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't really want to kickstart it when this stuff will absolutely be at miniature market because you can get the current stuff from miniature market there so i don't know just depends if you want the little extra stuff or not but anyway so uh moving on i tossed this on here i've had this like as an open tab on my computer for like months now keep meaning to put it (laughs) on here Uh, i just can't remember if we've talked about it or not was high flying dice games llc and richard they make like various small, it seems to be kind of a boutique uh, yeah. war game thing. And I was just going to toss it on here and see if you knew anything. Uh, not them. really. I mean, I've heard of them, but I've, I don't think I've played any of their games. I, I'm assuming they're going to be like Ziploc games because most of them are around 20 bucks. And it says, yeah. Yeah. So you get like a sheet of counters, rules, and two maps for like 20.95 on various stuff. Uh, they do have profession editions. Okay, these are actual boxed editions, which are about fifty bucks. But I've heard of none of these. I mean, some of them sound kind of cool, 
for yeah uh, i'm kind of the same way i've heard of the company but i haven't i haven't played any of these games i'm not really familiar with them small maps yeah like i I see dueling eagles is a postcard sized map Eh, that could be good or bad (laughs) uh yeah yeah i don't know but uh i don't know maybe i'll hit them up for some for sponsorship for siege of vicksburg see if they'll send something and i may find out that they are just one state over or something does it list where they are it does not but uh yeah i just link it in the show notes they do stuff from looks like uh 1865 which would be the american civil war through cold war and contemporary so yeah i you would think okay looks like all the games are designed by paul Rohrbach? I don't know who that is. I have never heard that. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. That it's not good or bad. But Paul Rohrbach, I look on his Board Game Geek uh, thing, and yeah, he's got a whole bunch of... Yeah, 203 games, apparently, he's designed. But I wonder if that's his company, and he just published, gets them published there, or what. But Anyway. Well, being as it's an LLC, it could be. Yeah. But just going to bring it to your attention. That's what part of what's in your radar is. And uh, yeah, so. So speaking of miniature market, is it actually open for gaming yet, Rich? It is. It is officially open. They uh, A few weeks ago, they were opening their gaming room in like a limited air, air way. I think at the time they said like you can only reserve up to a week in advance. You can only have, I think it was three tables for up to four hours. But they actually contacted me last week and said hey we want to get stl war gamers back on the calendar so yeah they're they're fully open now um so next saturday we're gonna have our first month or face-to-face gaming day since february of last year so it's been a while but they also have a a magic the gathering release event next week so yeah we're gonna see if those vaccines work i think oh okay (laughs) let me talk about that just a second (laughs) <laughs> That's uh, not the vaccines working, but uh, the Magic the Gathering release, I believe, yeah. is the D and D release. Where oh, okay, yeah, there it is Magic the Gathering, but they, you know, they they're owned by the same company, so yeah. they dipped into D and D for an entire set, and the artwork is amazing. A lot of it is like old um, uh, modules uh, and covers and all this cool stuff. I swear it looks so cool. I really maybe want to draft it and just get some cards that way. So. Well, next Saturday, I will be surrounded by people that care about that. Mm. All right. I'll be playing something Hex Encounter. I don't know what yet. I love how they called you up. They're like, look, Rich, we know where our, our uh, bread is buttered. What are the SDL war gamers coming back? That's right. They need us. Yeah, like we haven't sold a GMT game in three months. (laughs) All these damn GMT games are just (laughs) sitting here. Somebody has to buy them. Uh, So who compass games are piling (laughs) up on us, (laughs) and they will continue to do so until I fix their production quality. (laughs) They want some money for those things, though. Boy. Okay, so who put um, tabletop game and hobby on here? I did, because I went and visited that in Overland Park, Kansas. And, uh, I think that's I was, for Matt's group mates. Yes, that's he. He said as much. Yeah. Um, it was. I was very impressed with this place. So I was there on a Wednesday night, and uh, it is adjoining a uh, board game cafe called Cardboard Corner. 
so I don't they're you know they have a hole in the wall where they've uh, um, so you can go between the two the two establishments and I think they must be related in some manner but um, when I was there on a Wednesday night at six o'clock there were probably three or four games of 40k skirmish going on and at least three D&D games and myriad other games people playing um, the uh, the board game cafe serves you know alcohol and mixed drinks and and that sort of thing and they have um, bar food that's kind of nerdy themed so you can go in and and order yeah pretty much any sort of kind of a nerd-themed appetizer or anything. Um, but uh, Tabletop Game and Hobby is in Overland, Overland Park, Kansas, and I thought it was a pretty neat place. They had uh, uh, quite a selection of GMT games and uh, a lot of the uh, My Little Pony uh, RPG games and all sorts of things. Cool. So I may try to. Uh, go, yeah, I have no. I, I didn't even think about actually going to any of the local shops, you know, in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, I'm all about like food, you know, food and drink. But you know, mm-hmm. I never think about that. You know? I know I like going there and just kind of uh, experiencing what somebody else has, and and you know, like the place that when I was in Little Rock the one time I did a review of that store. Um, so anyway, tabletop game and hobby. Check it out. I think I will. Alrighty then. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, on to actual news. I this somehow s- slipped under my radar, so I missed this. But uh, crossbows and catapults is coming from, of course, Restoration Game. They're doing a reboot of it. Now, if I remember correctly, it's been rebooted eh, a couple of times over the, uh, or at least that type of game. Where you set up like you know a big plastic castle, and you have like rubber band based uh, catapults or whatever spring loaded whatever shooting things to knock over mm-hmm. plastic uh, guys. Because I, when my kids were young, I bought a bunch of them called started Battle Something, and I actually still have them. It's a hell of a lot of fun to play, although I don't know how if I wanted to play it at my friendly local gaming store how i would do it without the parts just flying all over the store and bouncing everywhere but still it's really really cool uh idea i just love this you know that level of dexterity game you know i know like the flicking games are are popular and of course so is crokinole but uh yeah there's just something about you know firing at your friend's castle and just knocking over his figures that just kind of really takes me back are you guys familiar with crossbows and catapults at all? I've seen it. Yeah, I'm about the same. I mean, I know what it is. I never played it. Yeah, it came out in... 80- I mean, when I was a kid, we would just, like... We didn't need a game to do that. We'd just, like, set stuff up and, like, flick paper footballs at it or something. <laughs> we shot rubber bands. That was, like, yeah. the, uh, the big thing. Ah, yes. Okay, it was Battleground crossbows and catapults in 2007 so that's what i own a bunch of so is is that i should wow it's actually worth a bunch of money apparently on ebay but uh i'd break that out uh probably have to replace the rubber bands but take it to my local game store like on a friday night and whatever and just we'll yeah, shoot at each other be nice a lot of fun my kids love doing that we would just we'd have to set up like in the hallway and like close all the doors <laughs> 
<laughs> so you know we wouldn't lose any pieces and yeah just it was a lot of fun but anyway uh fan okay fantasy flight games has announced spreading war expansion for journeys in middle earth and i'll put this on here because i've picked up journeys in middle earth but have not played it and i just wondered if you guys had nope i have mm -hmm. not it's app based it's supposed to be easy and supposed to be a lot of fun but i have not actually opened it up uh to give it a shot it's like you know you move around the map and you'll bump into enemies and you'll set up and you'll fight and uh yeah so i'm uh, just curious so i guess this will try to motivate me to actually get off my butt and actually play the game uh, the next thing we had was new Blood Bowl Star Player available to order from Forge World. I thought it was neat because it's Frankenstein and um, he's for the Undead team. And I just wanted to mention that uh, Blood Bowl is really fired up in my area and it's a hell of a lot of fun. And it has a large uh, competitive scene all across the U.S. where they do like uh, regional cups and that can uh, finish the year with a national or world championship. I just think that's fascinating that people love it that much. So if you guys ever have a chance to play it, I highly recommend it. So, the next thing we had was Brave the Darkness Horror Fantasy RPG on Kickstarter. Now... I toss this on here because a couple reasons. Number one, I like the artwork on it. It looks really, really cool. And uh, number two, I like that idea of like, okay, the world you're in, the setting, evil has won. And so you're just trying to survive or, you know, make it through. I, the one I think of more than anything, you guys heard of Shadow of the Demon Lord? That RPG? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, it's that RPG is that's the basis for it. It's like okay, this demon lord has you know been summoned and is slowly taking over the land, and so you're just trying to survive. So it says we designed Brave the Darkness with a large emphasis on role play. I mean, it, it's a role playing game, and because of this, we view character flaws and realistic character growth within the world as an essential element to making our game work. With access to a plethora, I appreciate you using plethora, of character traits, character downtime, both in-game and out, 18 different skills, different weapon play styles, as well as our quick and deadly turnless combat that rewards tactical thinking, players will have numerous opportunities to discover who their character is in this world and play the way they want to. So, uh, I mean, I does that actually matter to you guys like when you get when there's like a new RPG like how it plays? Is it would it be easier or better if you just um you know, it was attached to a system already like oh, this this just uses the 5th edition D&D &D or whatever. What do you prefer? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm, I'm more of a system first setting second guy, rather than. But I don't know. Um, that's a really good question. I don't. I don't. I, I'm unlikely to 
by a setting that's unattached to any system, mostly just because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be my answer. I'm unlikely to just because it's it's easier for me to have have both of them together. But it's also not like there's one system and I only play that one system and I'm looking for more settings for that system. So well, I'm not that much of a fan of D&D. So if there's a, a setting that would do kind of randomness better, I might Yeah. Be I don't like to do that. I don't like D20. I don't like the the linear rolls. Mhm. And I don't like the idea, which I mean, I know it's up to always up to the DM, but characters have this idea that they can say the most outlandish thing in the world. And if they roll a 20, they just get to do it. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. yeah. OK. Uh, As opposed to three dice six, where it kind of fits a bell. Yeah. Curve. Yep. All right. I will say that uh, I, I wonder, is there anything new under the sun? You know, when people are like, well, this is my original, you know, way of playing i i've changed the rules to do this that and the other i'm like is it really anything new i see so many people comment like oh well they say it's new but the reality is it's just like you know this one or that one or whatever so i don't know but the most interesting thing about this brave the darkness horror fantasy role-playing game is when i click on it it has been canceled <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was, so that's that's the breaking news. Yes, it was not canceled uh, when I put it on here, but it apparently got canceled yesterday. Canceled by the project creator on July tenth, twenty twenty one. So, eh, I wonder, wonder why. You know, I, I is it because it wasn't gonna gonna make its goal? I, I don't know. Is okay. Looking at it. They, uh, it doesn't, let's see, they wanted 19 grand, they had gotten 3 grand. Um, it doesn't say when it started, when the actual campaign started, so, I mean, it could have been. I mean, I just heard about it, you know, a couple days ago, but, yeah, maybe it did. I don't know, but, I don't know, it looks kind of neat. I dug the artwork and stuff, especially the werewolf with bat wings and a scorpion tail, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will, uh, yeah, come back or something. Yeah, as of July 8th, it had 25 days left to go. So maybe he just yanked it because he thought it, oh. it wasn't going to go. But. It launched on the 3rd okay. and canceled on the 10th. Well, shit, that's only been a week. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. I mean, I kind of get that because I feel like it seems like Kickstarters either are successful like within three days or they won't be. You know, it's they're either funded like in 12 minutes or they just won't, you know, even if you have them on there for 30 days or whatever. OK, so in the comments, um, somebody says we will definitely be back. This is the creator. Definitely be back with an even greater Kickstarter in a short amount of time. We have a few things to sort out to make sure we meet our funding goal. And we hope that we have your support when we relaunch our campaign. Hmm. So, OK. Yes, it was like, well, let's see if we can, you know, save a little money here and there. Or, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we'll try and keep up with it because I kind of dig it. It had a very kind of like OSR look to it, and we'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so the next thing we had was Games Workshop previews new squigs for 40K. I had to toss this on here uh, because... You're going to have to tell me what a squig is. It's 
squigs are like this um, creature of various types that orcs use in the 40k universe. Like uh, that's the thing they're riding. Yes, but no, okay. Okay. Yes, but there are also like uh, orcs are hairless. So the the hair you would see like if they're having a ponytail is actually a squig that is biting the top of their head and they just grow the hair out from the squig. <laughs> so yeah, they have this strange little uh, kind of uh, it's not parasitical. What do you call it uh, when it's mutual symbiotic? Symbi- yeah, kind of a symbiotic relationship with the squigs. But um, <laughs> the fact that they uh, brought all these different ones like the bomb squig was just fantastic the smash smash a ed was the first one it was okay but um dad gum just the artwork for them are fantastic and i'm really looking forward to a new orc book because i haven't played them in forever and also the sculpts for them are really really dated i think most of the uh plastic orcs date back from like 40k third edition which was six edition six editions ago, so you know they they need some help. So, but these look cool, and I'm sure I love it. Like when they orcs are wacky and do funny stuff. So anyway, so in that vein, the next one we have the new orc spelled O R R U K. That way, you know there's no copyright infringement, and Stormcast Eternals. Codexes for Age of Sigmar. I'm going to get the Orc War Clans because I got that half of the new box set, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited, and I hope they come out shortly because that would be cool. And this, the last thing we have is Ravenous Hordes, Ratman, and STL, a St. Louis um, Kickstarter. It is. So you could actually get Mike at Altered Dimension to print out this whole freaking thing. This looks really, really cool, especially if you wanted to play um, uh, Skaven in 40k. I'm sorry, in Age of Sigmar, because they're not in 40k, because that would be too cool. But yeah, with 24 days left to go, they they need 41 grand. They have 31 grand. Let's see. Yeah, the all-in digital bundles about 54 bucks. But that's like 200 STL files, man. That's yeah. really cool. They look pretty good, too. I have no idea how they turn out when, once you print them and everything. I don't I don't know. But, yeah, Mike could definitely help you with that. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, how did you guys hear of this one? Because this was one I have not seen. I think I saw it on Reddit. Ah, uh, okay. Well, where, where you usually find things. I understand that. Yep. So, okay, well, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. As I try to edge up the music. Is it down there? Yeah, there it is. Okay. So, anyway, so hopefully I'll get this edited and listen to it relatively soon. And, uh, yeah, maybe we could do a show at Historic KC Fest. I don't know. Who knows? People have time. I know, like, Sunday I'll be driving back for sure so I mean that's and then I've got to start a uh, whole new job like the next day and yeah it'll be a whole thing so I don't know but I don't know Saturday night or whatever we'll see we'll see how it goes but anyway I'll do live coverage for sure on uh, Twitter and stuff oh yeah 
I meant to uh, say something. I got an email from Mike Denson today asking for more information on Siege of Vicksburg. And I'm like, well, Mike, I will actually uh, be at Historic KC Fest and we can talk face to face. And he's like, that sounds, like, that sounds great. And I'm like, because I want to learn to play your game. And um, yeah, so we'll see. So it's great to have the band back together. It's great that Roy's back, keeping us straight. And um, yeah, so this is awesome. So, and uh, hope you guys listen and you liked it. You'll listen some more. And so, yeah. Thank you very much. So I guess we will now say goodbye. Good goodbye, everyone. everybody. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I stepped on you. No, it works. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Bye. See you later, Roy. Oh, are we done? I think so. He dropped it off. Keep it.